Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. This is Chad. Today's episode is with two good friends of mine, Gina and Jay. Gina and Jay survived a horrific tragedy while out hiking the Appalachian Trail in 2019. This is their story, not only of survival, but of perseverance. They chose to continue mission, even in the midst of this tragedy, and stay on trail and continue to pursue their goals. It's just such an amazing story. If you've ever been interested in long-distance hiking or through hiking, there's tons of information in here from Gina and Jay about the challenges that they faced while spending months on end and covering thousands of miles on the Appalachian Trail. I want to give you guys an update on 3 of 7 Project. We have got a new shirt design that is coming out. We also have women's shirts that are coming in with that order. So we'll be restocking all of our products on the website 3of7project.com. We finally got some hats in. The hats are awesome, so they'll be up on the site along with the shirts. Kind of what I'm working on right now, I'll be filming next week. We are working on a video series that's basically going to give you guys insight on my day-to-day life from the time I wake up to the time I lay down, how I train, how I break my day down, And throughout this video series, I'm going to be sharing lessons that have been important to me, lessons that I have learned throughout my life and my time in the SEAL teams and my time ultra running. So I can't wait to put that together. It's going to be an amazing product. So that's taken up a huge portion of my time right now, but I'm just so excited about that. Other than that, guys, everything's rolling. Thank you so much for your support and for your encouragement. We couldn't do it without you guys. So here we go, Gina and Jay. All right, Miss Gina and Jay, welcome to the 3 of 7 podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for making the time to come on. I miss you guys. I know. We... um. We really wish that we lived closer. Yeah. It'd be so awesome to get together more often instead of living where are you back down in Georgia now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm back down in Georgia and yeah, I hope it won't be long either because you guys would fit in just perfect down here in the South. <laughs> yeah. We've got, a uh, we got thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> got, we've got plans and schemes and things we're trying to figure out here. So, you know eventually that's awesome that's awesome all right guys let's jump into this thing the first thing that i want to ask you guys is about this crazy sport of um i guess you could call it sport maybe it's a lifestyle of through hiking so we've had a lot of ultra runners on the podcast and you know that type of stuff but through hiking is to me it's a totally different beast so i mean what is it how do you define it I mean, I would say it's it's picking a trail and start to finish in one in one shot. And you just start at the beginning of the trail and, and don't stop until you reach the end. 
is there a link is there a length of t- a length of time that would qualify something as i mean because i guess you could do sections of a long long trail i mean it, in, in your opinion is, does it have to be more than you know five nights more than a month i mean what how do you guys feel about it what's the general consensus I mean, I think the traditional definition is one hiking season. So like one calendar year. Starting gotcha. and finishing that trail in one calendar year. Yeah. I I know, like, I guess for the shorter trails, I don't know. Would the long trail have been considered a through hike? That's like an end to end. It's an end to end. So like the lingo, I guess, is a through hiker is you start at one point you end at the other typically when people use the term through hike it's for a pretty long trail like the um at the appalachian trail or the appalachian trail i'm gonna get yelled at um (laughs) you know is a little over 2100 miles the pacific crest trail is what 2500 2600 miles and then the continental divide trail is even longer than that um I think for like the shorter ones, Vermont's long trail is 273 miles. We never called that a through hike. We just said it was an end to end. And then for somebody who does huge sections of a longer trail, which is where we would fall into that category, they call them uh, lashers or long ass section hikers. (laughs) (laughs) Nickname. Yeah, a lasher. So um, we are, I guess, lashers. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, the basic lingo, if you want to, to understand, you know, when through hikers use those terms. So that's awesome. We're just in the hiking community, period. You don't have to be a through hiker. So yeah, yeah. Well, I learned something new already. Thank you, Gina. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Want to just talk real quick while we're on that subject. When you're doing these super long hikes, um, obviously you're out in the woods. I mean, in the deep woods a lot of times, and you're you've got everything that you need to live and survive on your back, and you don't have access to a washer, a dryer, a a, a restroom, running water, none of that stuff. I mean, everything you need is is right there on your back. I want to ask you guys. I guess each one of you, if you can give me the top three or even just one, whatever comes to mind of the top like challenges that you face out there when you're on the trail that amount of time. Well, I would say number one is staying somewhat clean, (laughs) not staying clean to where you're not getting chafing that kind of thing because that will destroy your day like in an instant any ultra runner knows that (laughs) jay jay did you ever get so nasty that you couldn't get in your sleeping bag at night because you 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 stunk so bad i mean when you stink that bad you want to get in your sleeping bag and (laughs) that thing up and you can't smell 95 percent of it Yeah, but your wife can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so staying clean. What else, Jay? Oh man. Um, keep it up on your calories. You definitely. I mean, when you eat food, you definitely feel the calories on the trail. You know what I mean? 
If you're not eating enough, you're definitely going to know. You have one more. Another one. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I mean, two, two's good. Whatever comes to mind. I just, yeah. two's good. How about you, Gina? Uh, honestly, the, and this might sound weird. For me personally, I felt, this is going to sound crazy. I felt out of shape when I was hiking. Um, and I guess because from all of the like lifting and running and marathons that I had done prior to setting out on the AT, um, when I finally did start hiking, there were definitely days that were, I mean, very difficult, um, without a doubt. But there were there were also long stretches where I was like, I almost just sort of felt like, I don't know what the right word is, um, kind of like a blob, honestly. And a lot of, and actually a lot of long distance hikers will say that, that if you're, you know, if you're used to being super active before you go out there and then you go out and you're hiking every day, you're not using any upper body muscle. Um, your diet is crap. And that definitely got to me. I mean, by the time June rolled around, I was just really struggling with food and I was getting enough calories in, but I just, I hated the food. Like it, it just gets gross after a while. Um, I was used to eating a really certain way before we left. And the second we got on in Georgia at Springer, it was a total 180. That was definitely the biggest struggle for me. You know, other people go out there and they drop 40 pounds and it's just... That was me. <laughs> that just wasn't, that wasn't me. I actually put on a little bit of weight, um, which you don't typically hear of that happening. But yeah, that was my like biggest thing that I, I would do differently next time. I would... I would probably spend the time prepping food to send to myself just so that my diet could be just more nutrient dense. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I would have never thought, no, I would have never dreamed that up before as being the number one challenge or I know that, that's interesting. I, I would have always thought it would be staying dry because I, I can, I saw, I, obviously I watched you guys channel on YouTube and um, I would be like some of these videos where it's just like multiple, multiple days. You guys are out in this pouring rain and your gear never dries out. And it's just like you got to be just damp to the bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. The nature of the beast. It's something you get used to. Jay gets yeah. to it. I never got used to it. <laughs> um, I like to describe myself as an emotional and mental terrorist when I went in cold. And when I was going over, I'll never forget the one day we were going over the Rhone Highlands and it's otherwise beautiful up there, but we hit it in really bad weather. And there were, God, we we're like over 5,000 feet. So 60 mile an hour winds and it's a bald, so there's no tree cover. And it was pouring green. It was freezing cold. And I just, he turned the camera on at one point to take video and I was like, get the camera away from me. Like, I will not talk right now. I won't do it. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, it come, you expect it. 
if you go into through hiking expecting that you're not going to be miserable half the time, then you're in for a, a rude awakening. So Awesome. And maybe I just think about the wet too, because I, I'm like you, Gina, I absolutely hate being wet. And um, I think it's just like PTSD left over from SEAL training. I'll do anything like at all <laughs> costs to stay dry. I only take showers like every three or four days. Just, just because. I was, was going to say, staying clean would be the thing for me, but I know you don't care. You. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being wet, man. Chad's real easy on the water bill. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, roll me around in the dirt. I don't care. Put me in 100 degree heat. That's fine. I'll I didn't mind being soaking wet and I didn't mind being freezing cold. But when I, when you put the two together, um, I just was like, it's just a switch that flips in me. I can't do it, but I don't have seal training as an excuse, Chad. It's like a very valid excuse that I, that I don't have. No worries guys. All right. Well, thank you guys for those words of wisdom. Um, anybody thinking about through hiking, pay attention. Um, all right. So I want to dig into the meat of this. You guys have got some of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard. And obviously I got to hear some of your stories firsthand face to face out on the Appalachian trail during the time we got to spend together. Um, I want to, I really want to start with the long trail. Um, I, I, Jay, if, if you're willing to explain to us where, uh, or Gina, either one, where where that mission was born and, and what it meant to you guys. Well, all right. So Jay's originally the one that wanted to hike the long trail, so I'm going to let him. Yeah, so it's, it started, um, I had started backpacking and I was doing weekends. Whenever I could get out, I would go out on a Saturday, get picked up on a Sunday, you know, like a simple overnight, something like that. And then... You know, it got a little longer. I'd go for a long weekend. I would take a couple days off. And, uh, yeah. And then from there, I just kind of started looking around to what trail I could do that was close enough to get to where I didn't have to fly. And it was, like, feasible to do while still working full time. So I did a lot of research. I found the long trail. I ended up stacking vacations, sick time. I didn't take a single day off for an entire year to do that trip. And this one decided to come with me. She said she was going to stay just for a couple days and a couple days turned into a week, turned into two weeks, you know? Yeah. So that's really where it was born. It was just, I started hiking and from there it just progressed. You know, and I think one cool thing that you said in that kind of where it was born at, Jay, is I think it's important for people to understand that Jay and Gina both have full time jobs. Like they put in the work on the front end and they make the arrangements that they need to make to go out and do these awesome missions. And um, I just think that's a huge amount of sacrifice um, and it shows how passionate you guys are about about what you do. So I, I don't know. I think a lot of people look at people that people like Jay and Gina that go spend three, four, five months in the woods and they might not realize these people have a job, they have a mortgage payment, they have all this stuff back at home that they've got to manage at the same time. So another good thing about knowing that is it's it, it makes it 
makes you realize that it's accessible. It's something that you can do too, as a as a businessman or or somebody with a full time career. Um, so you guys decided to tackle the long trail. Um, I know there's a story within that um, of of you know what happened out on the trail and and how that kind of changed you guys' life. Could you walk us through that story? Okay. Well, um, this is good because this is actually the first time that we have ever sat down and talked about this. Um, So Jay did like a short YouTube video on our channel last year when we were starting to prep. And he talked about, you know, why we were, why we decided to do the Appalachian Trail. And um, but I never really talked about it and we certainly never talked about it on camera together. So on, on the long trail, I had no intention of staying out there the whole time. And, you know, we had just celebrated our one year anniversary and we left in July of 2017 I was like, yeah, you know, I'll go out for a few days, come home and then. I just really started to fall in love with the whole culture of long distance hiking. I had no idea that that existed. Um, And so we were out for about two and a half weeks, I guess, something like that, three weeks maybe. And I was like, well, I mean, I've been out here this long. I'm not going to go home now. We were four days away from summiting. And um, for anyone listening that doesn't know, the long trail, it starts at the border of Massachusetts and Vermont and goes to the border of Vermont and Canada. And, um, it was August 5th and we were about three or four days away from summoning and we stopped in a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere called Johnson. And we were with our friend Adriana. And so, uh, we were in this B and B and, Um, I walked into the room and Jay was, Jay had fallen asleep and I had just about fallen asleep when my phone went off and it was our buddy Pat who said that the, um, to call him. And so when we called him, he said, the cops are looking for Dawn and Dawn is Jay's mom. And I just remember thinking at the time, like the hell did my mother-in-law do? Like, what would she do, you know, which in hindsight was so stupid. But and so from there, like the next hour and a half was just so completely chaotic. And um, we ended up finally getting a phone call from Pat's girlfriend at the time that there had been an accident and Jay's dad had been killed. And. um my heart's like racing talking about this. So, you know, we were in the middle of this town, which like was this one horse town in Vermont where there was barely any cell phone reception. And, you know, you're not near any kind of airport or bus station. We have no car. We're essentially stranded. And I just, I remember being in that B and B and I remember watching, um, 
I remember throwing the phone down on the ground when I heard and just like blacking out after that. Um, and when the next memory I have is sitting on the bed with Jay and, and then from there I called my parents and I, the whole situation was just so chaotic. And I remember like feeling a panic attack coming on and telling myself like praying and telling myself like, you cannot have a panic attack right now because you have to get him home. Like you have to get yourself home. There's nothing, you know, you can't lose it. You have to hold it together. And, um, we ended up, the owner of the B and B was just so kind and ended up driving us like an hour South to a town. And then our buddy Pat and our friend Jeff drove seven hours in the middle of the night and met us at a Denny's at like two o'clock in the morning and took us home. And, um, I mean, like you're in the military, so you obviously know, like when you go through something like that and you watch, um, well for me, like watching Jay just like, shatter like that and me shatter like that in that moment is something that uh just has changed us forever I mean and so when we got home you know we we left New Jersey (laughs) we left we left our world one way and when we got home it was completely different um and it was you know never the same so I, uh, you know, we didn't get to finish the long trail. We still haven't. And uh, the whole, so that was, we got home on August 6th, 2017. And then, you know, of course, from there, it's just like a total implosion. Um, And then we, um, you know, Jay's mom lives really close by to us. And from there, It was just a matter of making sure that, you know, she was okay and uh, planning funeral. Um, There's a lot of stuff that that happened. There's a lot of stuff that happened in the aftermath of the accident, which I mean, I don't I don't know if Jay wants to get into, but that made it a lot worse to deal with um, and which really, really contributed to the whole next year and a half and led us to this point of saying to ourselves, like, you know, okay, some, we have to remove ourselves from this situation. We got to get out of here. And, um, but that's the story of the long trail. I mean, the long trail itself is amazing. If, you know, you ever have a chance to hike Vermont, it is it is spectacular. I mean, I just remember standing on some of those mountaintops and to this day, like I'll look at pictures and just, I mean, there's just nothing like it. So. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. And I think it's important for the listeners too, to know how close Jay was uh, with, with his father. And I know Jay talked to me quite a bit about his father, the time that we spent out on the trail and he seemed like an amazing man, an amazing father. So I think that's just important for people to know, you know, what an impact that probably made for both you guys. Like he was your best friend, right, Jay? He really was. I mean, the whole reason I am the way I am is 
really because of him. I mean, I, I spent my entire childhood like hunting, fishing, all these things outdoors, and and that's all from him. And yeah, he he was my best friend. I mean, you know, your typical Saturday, I'd rather call him and go hunting than call some of my buddies, you know what I mean? And, and that's really what I did a lot of the time. I'd be hanging out with him. And we just, we bonded a lot on, on so many different levels. And uh, yeah, to, you know, you, you leave your life one way and then come back and it's completely different. It, it was really tough. I mean, it, it's, it still is. Um, and now we're two plus years later I still think about it every day. I mean, it's like, I, I kind of like, I compared it as almost like, it's like getting one of your limbs chopped off, you know, like it's something you're never going to get back and you need it. It's, you know, so it, it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could only imagine brother. I mean, that literally I could only imagine Jay. So thank you guys for having the courage to share that with us and for, with all the listeners and, and I, I think, you know, something you guys keep uh, keep hitting on is is how when you when you step out of the door on these super long missions, you, you're almost like cutting the umbilical cord between you and your entire world back home. And right. you're just like it sounds like you're just out on this this whole this mission is like a whole nother life and everything back home continues to go but you don't have a hand in it um so you guys come back um obviously you take care of of all the the things that need to be taken care of um i guess maybe from an administrative standpoint and from a family standpoint you make sure everybody's okay and you said you you had that moment to where what was it like maybe like a year and a half later i think you said that you guys felt like okay we've got to we've got to detach ourselves again we've got to go out on another mission what what was that moment like i mean and and where where because somebody could have said you know it would have been just as easy for you to say well we're just gonna stay here and just continue hurting and and continue on with this life that you know, we're not enjoying, but you guys had that moment. And you said, okay, we've got to do, we got to detach ourselves. What t- can you tell me about that moment? I mean, I think a lot where it started is when, you know, when we were on the long trail, we, I've never felt so close to my wife. And it's, I mean, everything was, was perfect. There's, I don't even know how to describe it. So we went from being, you know, way up here. And when we came home, we were on, I was at rock bottom. I mean, I've never been so depressed and hurting day in and day out like that. I've never had anything like that before. So, I mean. Well, I think also, um, I think it's interesting too, because we when we left for the long trail, I had mentioned before, we had just celebrated our one year anniversary a week earlier. And, you know, that first year of, of marriage, I'm sure any newly married couple can relate that first year is, um, I mean, it can be really difficult. I think for us, we, 
didn't have like a difficult first year of marriage, but you know, there's just like growing pains and you're getting used to living with another person. We didn't live together before we were married. And so you have those types of things and also just kind of like calming down from all the, all the wedding stuff too. And so when we hit the long trail about a week in, everything just seemed to like mesh together. I felt like, like we were just us again and the craziness of the first year of marriage was kind of behind us and things were good. And I mean, it was just, we were meeting these incredible people. Uh, My friend Adriana that I mentioned before, we met her on trail. And to this day, she is one of our best friends. And so we were hiking with this amazing group of people. I felt like I'd been introduced to this whole world that I just never knew existed. And it was I was fascinated that there are these people running around through the woods half the year living like in the woods. I thought that that was the coolest thing. And when we got home, um, I mean, you want to talk about like not just crashing down to reality, but like through the floor and um, following that, the person responsible for that accident uh, was just really, I think on so many levels, disrespectful to our family and the laws more or less in New Jersey condoned what she did and, you know, stuck my mother-in-law with no insurance and all of these financial issues. And so it just, as if things didn't feel horrible enough, when we found all of that out over the following months, uh, I just, I, we felt crushed. And I'm someone that I kind of absorb the emotions of the people around me. That's how I've always been, which is a blessing and a curse, I think. So for me, like, I have my husband, the person I love most in the world hurt, you know, hurting to his core, my mother-in-law, um, she's grieving and, you know, Jay's siblings are no longer in New Jersey. My parents are in Florida. You know, it was just, um, it was such a difficult time. And what I noticed is for me personally, I, you know, I can't speak to how Jay felt, but for me, I just noticed myself just getting really angry and resentful towards a lot of stuff. I felt really kind of disengaged at work. I can remember there were so many mornings where I'd be driving to work and, you know, I mean, I've told Jay this, but not many people know, I would just cry. Like, I would just be driving to work and I would just be in in tears because every morning I passed my father-in-law's place where he worked. I passed, you know, um, all these places that just brought up so many memories and, uh, but I pull into work and, you know, you're a teacher, you, you can't walk into your classroom in tears. So you just kind of put that face on and you go in and you put on a show for your kids but underneath all of that, I mean, I was I was not in a good place. And it was to a point where I was really 
starting to almost like not recognize myself in a way because I was like, I feel like a miserable person and I'm not a miserable person. I'm not this negative person, but this is the place I'm in right now. So I don't know like how, you know, if you felt differently or. I mean, yeah, it was just the, I mean, depression again at work. I wasn't, you know, like I'm at work, but my head is not there. I'm in the clouds, honestly. Yeah, totally. yeah, and it, it was it went on like that for months for a very long time. And we just kind of felt like we were just existing at that point. Yeah. It was like what are we like what are we living not living for, but like we weren't progressing at all. You know we were what, just in a holding pattern um, of miser like misery. You know what it reminds me of in hindsight is I so the book in the Bible, Ecclesiastes, where the author talks about everything feeling meaningless. That's what it was. And I mean, if you've ever gone through like a really deep depression or you've grieved a horrible loss, stuff does feel meaningless. And, um, you know, I just kept telling myself, like, we're going to come out of it. We will come out of it. It will be OK. Like, we're going, you know, we're in this together. But uh it just, you know, it felt kind of like a a tunnel that you're just not seeing the other side of yet. And it's a really hard place to be day after day. Well, and and let me ask you this, Gina and Jay. Is it fair to say once that initial shock was over and the months passed by and you got into that holding pattern, as Jay called it, a holding pattern of misery, were you always conscious that there was peace out on the trail? Yeah, I think we did because we always said in that time that when we were on the trail, that was the last time we ever felt like us. Like that was like really who we are. And out there, I mean, it just, that that was when we were happy. That's, we felt like us out there. And, okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was thinking. And I was... Uh, and I was thinking that maybe that's what drove you guys then now now you're in this holding pattern and you're miserable but but it, you know did one day it hit you and say okay well we can we can get back to to that peace and that in that relationship that we so strongly desire and that we want to get back and then then you transition into this next mission which is the Appalachian Trail um I mean where what 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 I guess prompted you guys to choose the AT for that next mission. Jay's Jay's laughing because because the story is the story is so random. Um, Jay had talked about you know through hiking one day when he was retired, and then um, you know his dad when he passed was sixty two and never had a chance to retire or anything. So one day I came home from work. It probably was about January of 2018. I came home from work one day. We're standing in the kitchen cooking dinner. And I just remember saying totally off the cuff, like, God, can you imagine if we just like through hiked? That's legitimately all I said. And Jay looked up at me. I don't I forget what exactly we were doing. I was standing over the stove. He looked up at me and he was like, like, I'll 
I'll go to HR tomorrow. And I said, Jay, we're not through hiking the Appalachian Trail. Like, that's that's absurd. That's over 2,000 miles. And he goes, you say the word. I'll get the time off if I can. So about a week later, I'm at the gym, and I look down at my phone to a text message, and he says, I have six months off of work. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay. I mean, that that's that's really what happened. It wasn't, you know, this long drawn out conversation. And I just came home from work one day and that was that. Um, me getting time off was trickier because, you know, as a teacher, I have a very definitive start date um, in early September. And I, you know, <clears throat> once I knew that once I knew Jay had the time off, I mean, I, there was no way in hell that he was going to go out there and leave me behind. I mean, that wasn't happening. Um, but I did go to my administration and they knew about the accident, but I don't think they, they didn't know the extent of what happened in the aftermath and how much worse it made it. Uh, and so I was really upfront and honest with them. And for months, I was like, God, I wonder what they're going to say. Are they going to look at me like, you know, I'm crazy. And they were really understanding and really supportive. And I'm, you know, to this day, eternally grateful and appreciative of that. And they ended up giving me leave from the very end of February of this past year until the beginning of the start of the school year. So it was about five and a half months. Um, I wish I had had longer, but, um, but you know, it was amazing that they, that they allowed me to do this. And, you know, I think that they realized how, um, how hard the prior year had been. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you guys set off on this journey. I've watched all your videos, of course, from from start to finish, and it just looks so amazing. I mean, it's something that I aspire to do at some point in my lifetime. What happens out on the trail when you're out there that long uh, to your soul and spirit? I can only imagine it's got to be totally refreshing and regenerating. I think the best part of, of long distance hiking is stripping away all the clutter that you have at home. And I mean, you're down to your basic necessities and, and that's it. You have so much room in your mind to just wander. And, you know, it's, you really, you have a lot of time to think and you can, you have a, you can really clear your head at, you know, 5,000 feet with a gorgeous view in front of you. It, It really helps. I think when you are doing the daily, you know, nine to five or whatever your full-time job is and your responsibilities at home, you know, it can make it really hard to deal with any kind of difficulty you're going through, whether it's, you know, a death, divorce, or, you know, major loss of any kind. And when you're out there day in, day out, um, and you're physically beating yourself up, 
there's something that happens that like restores you mentally. And I, it's kind of inexplicable. I mean, for me, I walked, you know, this simple path through the woods every day and I talked to God a lot every day. And, um, I like would pray a lot just to, you know, just like to help us and to change us. Um, uh, and I really tried to focus on taking in like every moment out there and not, you know, wishing it away. Cause there's, I mean, there's so many moments if you ask any long distance hiker that you're just like, Oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of through hiking that is fun, you know, and, and we knew that going into it, like we knew that this was not a six month vacation to some Island we knew what we were getting ourselves into physically and mentally. So I think like removing yourself from a situation where you're, you're stuck. Sometimes you do need to take a step back and just completely alter what you're doing. And that does a lot for your mind, for your spirit, um, just to be, uh, renewed and, um, you know, the time that we were out there definitely made a huge difference. So it sucks for your for your body, but your your spirit and your soul, the gain you get out of that far outweighs what you're you're suffering from your body. Absolutely. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I experienced that a lot. Just just running, just you know, the little bit of time I'll spend on the trail, you know. I mean, I'm doing it for physical gain, and it does suck during that amount of time. But but you get so much more out of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. in your mind. And 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 um, Jay, would you say that the trail puts things in perspective? Does the trail did the trail ever make you make you feel, I guess, small? Oh yeah, every single day. I mean, everywhere you are, it's that feeling is, is all around you all the time. And it's, it's great. It teaches you so much and about life and about yourself. You know, you, you, you definitely learn a lot about yourself. That's amazing guys. And uh, you know, you guys start this, you guys start this huge mission and, and everything's going awesome. And, and obviously, and obviously something happens. Um, and, and I just want to uh, briefly just you guys have in whatever words you want to put it in what happens uh, on the trail. And then I want to just move into to the real valuable portion of how you guys dealt with what happened on the trail. On the night of May 10th, I guess it was. Um, yeah, it was Saturday, May 10th, because the next day was um, next day was Mother's Day. Uh, we were camped out in Southern Virginia at a tent site and we were with two other people. Um, and I, I mean, I guess the, the easiest way of putting it is that we were directly involved in a murder on the trail. And for those of you who like might not be familiar with, that story there was an individual on trail for 
about a month, maybe three weeks, who had just been, like, harassing hikers, giving people a hard time. And uh, he ended up at our campsite that night. And um, one of the people we were with was killed. And the other individual was attacked. Um, Jay and I, I, I guess... Yeah, and that and that's choose my words why that, that's it's that's still an that's, open investigation. But yeah, so we, that's so plenty, Jenny. We did survive it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that uh, was a tragedy in every sense of the word. So yeah, um, and, and I think I, I just think you know the amazing part for me was meeting you guys out on the trail that day. Uh, and of course I was just out there just doing a couple of days and happened to run into you guys, which is a whole nother story in and of itself. <laughs> but, but when I heard, you know, what you guys went through, um, and I had seen it on the news and I had never imagined that I would actually meet the people that, uh, you know, had to, had to endure this, this type of tragedy. And, um, to hear that you guys, continued mission we call it a charlie mike in the teams continue mission <laughs> um was just to me it's like mind-boggling like how do you how do you go through how, how do you go from from being in this place of complete serenity and peace and then experiencing a, a tragedy as significant as you experienced but you decide to carry on um can you just tell us how did that happen? What 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 drove you or, or what what was the when was that decision made and how was it made to to Charlie Mike? Well, I think for for me it was different than it was for Jay. I knew immediately that I didn't I was not getting off the trail like I I can't even describe to you the surge of like stubbornness that I had um, to the point where where Jay even said like like hold your horses like do you realize what we've just been through and I remember saying like I'm not getting off the trail like we have been through so much hell in the last year and a half I will not go home. And we were sitting, um, we were sitting in a friend's bedroom down in Asheville, North Carolina. We had like taken a couple days to regroup and, um, I had just never felt so much like just fierce determination where I I would have kept going alone, I think, at that point. Like, I mean, I know it would have never come down to that, but um, I was not getting off the trail. Like, Where did that come from, Gina? I mean, is that, is that your, is that common for you, or was that the first time you felt that, that amount of drive? And, I mean, you call it stubbornness. Well, I, I definitely am someone, I really enjoy uh, working towards really hard goals. Um, I like, I find that I really, 
when I set a goal for myself and I'm working towards it, whether it's, you know, a half marathon, a marathon, if it was grad school, I just, I thrive like in that space of working towards something and I enjoy the feeling of pushing myself. Um, and so the through hike was very much, you know, the biggest, most difficult goal I'd ever set for myself. But when, when Jay and I decided to, to take this on for us, it was always about healing and moving forward. And so the thought of not getting back on trail and going home was like, I'm, I can't be a victim again. Like I, I cannot go back home. Cause you know, the first time around we didn't have any choice. I mean, there was a death in our family. There was no choice. We had to go home and it, it killed us both to not be able to finish. I mean, to this day, you know, it's, it sits in the back of my mind. Um, I hate not finishing things that I start. And then the trail became the through hike, not only became about us, you know, healing from one tragedy, but now like, no, we have to get back out there and we have to move forward from this too. If we go home, what are we going to do? Like sit, sit on the couch and just wallow. Like, I will tell you something that that thought of going home gave me so much anxiety. Like you would not believe. So I think a lot of it was like a like a God-given strength and determination because um, I've never experienced anything like that on that level before. And how now for you, Jay? Uh, it sounds like you were yeah, obviously you were more, I guess, thinking through the situation and and uh, probably playing the role that I would have played. You know, Do, hold on a minute, let's think about what the significance of what just happened. Um, when, when, when did you finally, uh, come around and, and I guess, uh, you know, you, you guys obviously eventually had to make that decision together, but what was the defining moment for you, Jay? Um, I mean, I don't think, I mean, it was, you know, my thought was, okay, take time, think through this, but at no point did I really, it didn't really cross my mind to quit. I mean, we were, we were on a mission and, you know, we were going to start and finish it. And I mean, for me, like I was carrying my dad's ashes from Georgia. I mean, I carried his ashes the entire way and I wanted to carry his ashes to Katahdin, the whole, you know, all 2,100 miles. So that was really my, you know, that was my drive to do it. So that's huge, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That's amazing, Jay. I did I did I don't know if I knew that or not. You might have told me that, but that's a that's a huge part of the mission for sure. Um all right. I want to talk a little bit about something that that I was curious about when I met you guys out on the trail. Um first of all, do you guys want to tell the story of when we met out on the trail? I mean, I, I mean, I thought it was a pretty I thought it was like it was a defining moment in my life. Um, I, I came back home and uh, I mean, I told everyone about Gina and Jay and our meeting because I just felt like it was so much by design, just the conversation that we had. And of course, we can't we can't really express the significance of it 
uh, in words. You just had to be there and just feel the energy. But um, yeah, could you tell that story real quick, Gina, and kind of, I guess, what it what it meant to you? Yeah, um, I love this story. Well, Jay and I were in, were we in the Shenandoahs? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, we were in Shenandoah National Park. So we're in the Shenandoahs, uh, just about to reach mile 900. And Jay and I are walking down the trail, and we hear Chad come up behind us um, with this long, you know, southern Georgia drawl. (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, so um, energetic and happy to ask us about, like, you know, how we're doing and our mission on trail and all this stuff. And, you know, it's really nice to be able to talk to people on trail. And it's really cool when people are interested in what, in what we're doing. So, you know, we're talking and I'm not sure how we got on the topic, but I said, I was like, Oh, you know, what do you do for, what do you do for a living? And uh, you were like, well, actually, I'm a retired Navy SEAL. And I remember thinking in my head, like, you're so young. Like, you look like you're our age. And so we keep so we keep talking. And um, you then mentioned that you had done a couple of podcasts. And once you said that you were a Navy SEAL and you did podcasts, I just remember stopping in the middle of the trail and, like, whipping around and being like, wait a minute what podcast have you been on? And you said, uh, a team never quit with Marcus Luttrell. And I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was hearing because the morning of the morning of the murder, I had had a podcast downloaded for weeks that I had been wanting to listen to and just never did. And it just so happened that morning I put it in and it was the, um, podcast interview where Marcus interviews Frank DeAngelis, who was principal of Columbine High School for years and including on the day of the the shooting in 1999. And um, side note, this this story right here is also what really drove me to get back on trail as well. Uh, so Frank DeAngelis talks about, you know, making a promise to these kids and saying, I will not retire until every single kid in the district from kindergarten on has graduated. So I listened to this podcast and, uh, you know, that night everything happens. And in the following days of, you know, after the murder, when everyone was asking us, you know, are, are you going to come home? Like, do you think you should come home? I just remember thinking back to that podcast and thinking to myself, like, if that man can go back into his high school where his own students were gunned down and serve as principal, not just for the remainder of that year, but for, you know, over another decade, then I can get back on trail and walk to Maine. And that just was, it was so clear to me. So when I met you that afternoon or morning Chad and you told me that you'd been on team never quit I just was like dumbfounded I didn't even know what to say uh and I turned around and you know then I told you that story and Jay's listening to this too because he knew and we just 
all three of us after that were just kind of like silent. It was, it was just crazy. Um, and then Chad and I practically st- stepped on the timber rattlesnake, but you know, um, yeah, it was just this wild moment. Like who would ever think that we'd meet a seal <clears throat> on trail who had been interviewed by Marcus Luttrell and, who knew about that interview with Frank DeAngelis, like, yeah. Um, the universe came together that day. I mean, honestly, that is probably my favorite moment of our entire hike. The one that sticks out to me the most as just like that in a nutshell is, is what the trail is about moments like that. And, and you remember uh, when we parted ways, what, what what was there? It wasn't at the 900 mile mark exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, right. that's. You got in your car. We crossed the street, and there was mile marker 900. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It was. It was like I said. It's, it was a defining moment in my life, and you know I'm fortunate to meet a lot of people, and I've traveled all over the world, and I've got a lot of people that that, that are in my contacts list, and I'm not very good at keeping in touch with people at all that's something i really struggle with but with gina and jay of course i text gina all the time jay i don't even have your number man i need to to get your number (laughs) yeah we we all just we all communicate through gina but uh there was something about just the energy special that just impacted me more so than really any other meeting uh, with 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 a random stranger ever has in my life and yeah, I've stayed in touch. Me, Gina and I and Jay, we've all stayed in touch since that day, and and I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a lifelong friendship myself. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And yeah. um, I remember thinking like, you know, first of all, what are the odds of that happening? Meeting a person who you've never seen or met before in your life. And then that all comes out. And then I remembered actually, cause I, I follow the podcast on Instagram. I remember seeing them post like a, an Instagram post on your interview very recently. So when you said, when I, I was like, what is your name? And you said, Chad, Wright, And I said, get out of here. So it was just awesome. It was absolutely awesome. It was. That was an amazing day. And Jay, I wanted to ask you the the question that I had in my mind before we started this story. And um, you answer this however you want. You don't have to answer it at all, Jay. But I remember we were standing in the parking lot there where we were about to part ways. And there was a gentleman that was kind of just meandering around. And I, I noticed... You know, I noticed Jay was watching him. Uh, I, I think you were you're paying attention to what the guy was doing and, and not not in a, a malicious way or anything like that. But I could tell you you were watching him. And, and I thought in that moment, I thought, you know, that's got to be something that would be hard to overcome. It's, it's going through a tragedy like like you guys went through and then having to constantly uh, be around strangers and strange people way out in the woods. Um, how did you deal with that moving forward on the trail, Jay? I, I, it's almost like a, like a, it would, for me, I would 
classified as PTSD. I mean, I have the same things that I deal with from day to day in my own life, but how'd you, how'd you deal with that? Interacting with people after that, man. I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely odd. And I mean, from a really young age from my dad, situational awareness, I mean, Mm -hmm. he just, he instilled that in, in me, my brother and my sister all the time always to be aware of what's around you, what's going on. And uh, it's it's something that stuck with me. And I mean, I still, I don't, I, I wouldn't call it PTSD, but it's, I don't know. It's just something I've always, that's always been me. I've always been super aware of everything around me and people around me that just every situation. Yeah. Okay. So that, and that's the, that's, that's what I was looking for. And I think that's a good, a good, a better way to put it, Jay. It's, it's situational awareness or SA. And that sounds like that's something that you've had. That wasn't born from the tragedy. That was something that was definitely raised and and taught to you. Yeah. I mean, it it probably sharpened that sense a little bit after, uh, you know, going through what we did, but yeah, I've definitely always had that that, you know, third eye. Yeah. Yeah. Jay's the kind of person where like, if you, if you like move his toothbrush, (laughs) he notices it. (laughs) So like sometimes the situation, the situational awareness in the context of a marriage is like a little bit frustrating. (laughs) I'm not, I mean, I'm just being totally honest here. However, um, for, for the events of, of that night um it it uh it was a good thing i'll just i'll just say that and leave yeah yeah i'm sure um, i'm sure it was and and i could tell i could tell when we when i met you guys out on the trail the first the first few minutes me and gina were chatting away and uh and jay was up there i could tell jay was feeling me out Yeah. <laughs> Not in a malicious way, but he was feeling me out. He he before he opened his mouth, he wanted to know what this cat with a red beard was all about. I mean, we always like Jay's dad. I always used to joke. I would like I would joke that Jay's dad was Clint Eastwood. OK. And so like if you, you know, can imagine like your standard Clint Eastwood movie. um. So like just sort of that like that that strong silence and then kind of you know figure out what's going on before you say anything or do anything but yeah that that definitely comes from my father-in-law 100% um you know and it was something about him that drove me crazy too sometimes but um no it's in the big picture it's a good thing but yeah he definitely well he's just more in quiet i guess i don't know i'm reserved i I do a lot of thinking yeah reserved (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that brother nothing wrong with that (laughs) taking it Uh, off i i i gotta switching gears off the trail what i'm what i'm interested in hearing is how do you integrate back into life after being on a trail for that amount of time um, I know that's a broad question, 
but you don't. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's what would you say for each of you? What do you say is the biggest struggle? Um, and and I hate I hate to quit to keep asking about struggles and challenges, but just for other people, maybe maybe that are listening to this on their through hike next year, and they're thinking about, man, when I get home, what am I? what am I going to face when I get home? How am I going to get back to normal life? What advice do you guys have? I mean, you just, you have to know that while you're gone, I mean, the world's still turning. It doesn't seem like it is, but it is. And not a lot changes at, well, at least for us, not a lot changed at home. But like when we came home, I remember like standing in a crowded room and you feel so claustrophobic. I mean, we've had, we've been in the woods, we've got, you know, space and all that. And then you, you get into a crowded place and it's like, ugh, it's, it's creepy. I don't know. It's weird to explain. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Well, I think our coming home was a little bit different because, so, I mean, the hardest part for for me has been the fact that we did have to get off in Pennsylvania um, and that we couldn't make it to Maine, which I don't know if like you want to ask us about that separately. Or yeah. Yeah. No, you can feel free to share that right now, Gina. Yeah. Well, we, so on, I guess it was on our anniversary in July. Um, we had ultimately figured out like, okay, I'm going to need an extension on my leave of absence if we're going to finish the trail because of, because of everything that we were involved in down in Southern Virginia that really cut into time. And from the beginning, we had that hard deadline. My leave was done after August 30th or 29th or something. And so five and a half months for a through hike does not really allow you to have any kind of hiccups. So if you're thinking about through hiking, just, you know, be aware of that. Um, so I had put in a request for an extension and all we really needed were like two or three extra weeks. And that was it. And um, I mean, that's a story in and of itself. But when July rolled around, we basically, you know, sat down and looked at, okay, if, you know, can we financially do this on, on your salary alone if I were to leave my job and we finish the trail? I mean, that was the very real conversation we had. And, you know, I had a lot of mixed feelings about that because I told my students that I would be back and, um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to quit, but I also knew that we were on we were on this mission and we'd been through so much and the thought of not finishing was really heartbreaking. So when we sat down um, on our anniversary and talked about it, you know, we really just discussed what's it going to look like if we come home and, and I, and I don't have a full-time job because with teaching, it's really hard to, it's really hard to get a full-time job in the middle of a year like that. You don't really hear of that happening. So I'd be bouncing between, you know, maybe different maternity leaves and long-term substitute positions and that kind of thing. And going back to why we originally set out to through hike, it was about healing and moving forward. And when we talked about 
what will that mean for us moving forward and, you know, maybe moving to a different state and buying a home, having kids, you know, planting roots somewhere. It became very clear that that would just delay us further. So it came down to this is what the trail has taught us. This is what has become very clear that we, I, I told my mom, I'm homesick for a home that I don't have yet. Like I'm homesick for roots that are not planted yet. And that just became so crystal clear to me that night. And I, you know, we didn't want to get off the trail. That is not what we wanted, but we also wanted to heal and move forward too. So, um, we, we chose that and, you know, it, it was difficult, um, coming home and seeing everybody summit in September on Katahdin was just like a knife to the heart, um, in a lot of ways. And that part was really hard as far as like integrating back into normal life. Um, give yourself some projects to work on because I would, um, I would highly recommend giving yourself projects to work on. We dove straight into like house projects, repainting rooms, fixing lawn mowers, probably breaking lawn mowers just to fix them again. Um, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> just, all, just all sorts of stuff to just keep your mind busy, you know, getting back into the gym. And I've been working on like getting back into running and all that stuff. So, but it's, it's tough. Staying connected with people that you meet on the trail though is really important too. What I think is real cool is how, uh, you know, y'all weren't able to get through because of time. And then, you know, the thing that happened with his dad on the long trail, but you know, you think about y'all from those storms or trials that you encountered, you really got so much more out of that while they were terrible events. You got so much more out of that than, than you would have had you finished it. And you pulled out of the storm so much because, you know, it, the storm simplifies things, right? I mean, it really brings to light what matters, you know, it, with the death and with and with the murder. I mean, you have to have a completely different perspective on life and what really matters. And that's really, you know, what it, what I gather that that's what drove y'all to go back out on the trail. So I think that's awesome how, you know, how you pulled that out of those terrible events and and really applied it to your life and and that was your you know, your, your fuel to get back out there. Yeah, it was, uh, like sometimes I wonder if we hadn't gone through what we went through on the long trail, would we have decided to go home? Like, would we have had the same drive to, um, to basically like defy our own sort of fear and everything and, and go back out. I don't know, you know, if it weren't for the, what happened with Jay's dad, maybe we would have never chosen to through hike at the time Mm -hmm. that we did. We probably wouldn't have. I don't think so. You know, I don't think it would have ever occurred to us. I mean, the whole mission to through hike was born out of a tragedy. It really was. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I like what you said too, Gina, about how you were able to sit down when you when you realized that you were you were essentially out of time. You were able to sit down and and really dissect the situation. And I liked how you explained the healing and moving forward. And I think it's cool how you kind of picked those apart and you realized what you wanted to get out of the experience and what and 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 what you had to do as far as the decision that you made to accomplish or or receive both those things, how to heal and move forward. I've never heard you put it that way before. So I love that. Yeah. Well, hey, guys. So. What is next for Gina and Jay? I know you guys have been talk. I know you guys have talked, and I, I know there's something that's, that's got to be next on the. The rest of the Appalachian Trail is not gonna hike itself, <laughs> so that's definitely on our radar, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, from there. Yeah. I don't know. Only time will tell. Yeah, I don't know. People ask us if we would ever. Um, like do the the Pacific Crest Trail and all that, and I don't. <laughs> yes. Jay, I mean, Jay would live on a live in a van right now if we could. Um, he would. That's the God's honest truth. Um, I don't know. I mean, we definitely want to finish the trail. I would really, we would both really love to finish it in one shot instead of smaller hikes because that will just. <laughs> years to do um so we'd love to finish it in one shot if if we can make that happen i i think we'll be able to to figure it out and finagle our way finagle things to have that happen so um but i don't know what right now what do we have going on right now we don't have anything going on we're just working and back to life (laughs) well Jay is a uh, well. I don't lawn lawnmowers. No. Well, so we I mean, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean we're kind of just in this position of trying to like save up money again, and um, you know through hiking is still living. It still costs money to do. So we're just trying to build up some savings again and um, trying to, we were going to hike this weekend, but looks like we're going to get totally rained out and I uh, have walked in enough rain for one year. So (laughs) I will gladly watch the rain from the inside of my living room. (laughs) Um, No, but I really, we both really miss the trail and, um, you know, I think this summer we would love to finish the long trail, get back up to Vermont and and complete those last four days. I think that that will feel really good. Close that chapter. Yeah. 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 No, totally. That's awesome. And I think that's the important thing that you guys are talking about, it, having conversations about it. Yep. And um, and and I know there's a lot of awesome things in your future and I can't wait to watch. And speaking of watch. I want you guys to tell people where they can find your YouTube channel or, or I guess what the name of it is and how they can follow you guys on Instagram because Gina, I love your videos and Jay, your early hikes 
um, when you're kind of solo, you know, and, and you're just talking. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are so powerful. And I would encourage all the listeners to go and watch those videos. I mean, I've watched every one from start to finish because they are that good. You guys did an awesome job documenting. So um, if you could put that out for our listeners so they can find them. So our channel is It's Who We Are. And if you go to YouTube and search It's Who We Are Appalachian Trail, we will pop right up. Um, My Instagram handle is Gina, G-I-N-A, Bina, B-E-A-N-A, 238, with no spaces. <laughs> so that's just like my personal Instagram handle. And, yeah, you're free to follow. We um trying to put out a video soon. And yeah, we've been thinking about different videos to get out, but, you know, back do, at work. and Yeah, it's been, it's been hard to, like, get back into that filming and editing groove, but... Um, we have to well, do like post trail video stuff or post trail gear reviews and all that kind of thing. So this is actually, this podcast is kind of giving me a kick in the pants to, <laughs> to do it. So well, please keep it up because it's uh, the information that you guys put out so valuable. And that's another thing. Gina does a lot of gear reviews on there. Actually, I bought the pack that I have um after watching gina's gear review on her hyperlight well i actually had bought it before it was my first hike using it when i met gina and then i and then i went and watched gina's gear review on the hyperlight pack and uh it it gave me some confidence that i actually bought the right piece of gear yeah no it's a great pack and they're an awesome i mean please yeah yeah so please keep it up guys um i know it's a lot of work same thing with the podcast it is it is a lot of work but you you guys are making an impact with with those videos i can tell you because you've made an impact on me um well guys i think we'll wrap it up with that we won't take any more your time uh thank you guys so much for the honesty for the courage um for all the wisdom uh both uh, from a practical standpoint from a mentality body soul spirit i mean everything um it's just just so amazing to know people like you guys are out there living life and living life to the fullest yep thank y'all so much thank you thank it was, you it was an honor to be asked to come on here like i totally wasn't expecting that and um we're just like really humbled and um honored that you would have us on so thank you Thank you, Miss Gina. Thank you, Jay. This is 3 of 7 Podcast. Enough said.